0: what is going on everybody welcome back to just another podcast i am your co-host Andreas van grieken and with me like always is the beautiful the talented hayden patterson p how are you doing
1: i thought i was gonna introduce myself okay, okay so <laughs> introduce
0: yourself i'm sorry hi
1: i'm the beautiful hayden patterson yes. apparently yes you are with the equally beautiful Andreas van grieken
0: <laughs> okay so, today we have a pretty fun podcast for you guys, but before we start, a few little disclaimers at the beginning. Again, anything that we say in today's podcast does not reflect the Walt Disney Company. All thoughts are our own. All comments are our own. No strings being pulled back here.
1: Nope. No Pinocchios over here. Correct. Um, this is also, uh, I don't know. I mean, is it going to be a child-friendly podcast today? It's the to- probably, the topic is child friendly. The language might—I can never promise anything. I
0: think I think we'll be okay. I think okay. it's going to be fine. Okay. Um, before we get into the core of the podcast, um, make sure you guys are following us on Instagram. It's just another dot podcast <laughs> on Instagram. Um, we don't have any other social media accounts right now, but we'll probably work on it if we need to. Mm-hmm. Follow us for regular updates on what we're doing, kind of behind the scenes on our stories we're always going to have fun little polls Mm -hmm. there might be something coming up in the next couple of days that really requires our
1: audience audience. participation yes correct um but if you listen to last week's episode um the first ever episode of it's just another podcast it's why did i add that at the beginning of it that's not what that is we're gonna roll with it um Uh, We have now uploaded pictures on our Instagram of our pinboard that we talked about in our last episode, so go check that out if you have never seen our faces before and want to know what they look like. That's also on the Instagram page Um, and lots of other fun details, so yeah. Um, Without further ado, do you want to introduce what we are talking about today?
0: I do. So for today's podcast, we're going to talk about our personal top five Walt Disney World attractions. Now, top five is going to be a recurring theme for our podcast. It's not going to be something that we do every podcast, obviously. There's lots of other things that we're going to talk about. Today's podcast is going to be very different from our upcoming podcast. But this, along with one other theme that I'm not going to mention, I'm just going to let it pop up when that episode rolls around, is going to be something that we do from time to time, just because it's kind of fun. Eventually, we'll have some guests that come in and give their own input as well. But this is going to be the first one. We'll see how people like it, and then we'll roll from there. Mm -hmm. So, top five Walt Disney World attractions. We both made our own lists. Thankfully, there's only one attraction that kind of (laughs) transcends one list to the other. But we'll see how it goes. I think I know what yours are. We talked about Mm -hmm. it beforehand. Off off pod. Off pod. (laughs) um, Yeah, I also have... Now, I don't know if you prepared to have a bit of a longer discussion. But I have honorable mentions that I have placed I on also my have list. honorable okay. mentions. Okay. Okay. I okay. didn't
1: come here to play.
0: All right then. Well, would you like to start?
1: Sure, because before we start, I'd also like to mention that my mom is probably listening and she's going to be really happy to know that the recording microphone she gave me um for Christmas, like probably back in like 2013, <laughs> are finally getting used for this podcast. So thank you, mom. They're finally out of the box and being used. and They still work.
0: Shout so, out to Mama Patterson. Shout
1: out to Mama Patterson. The
0: the the equipment is fantastic. And who yes. who would have thought that this is what we're going to use? Also, hi, mom.
1: <laughs> so um, everybody listening, please let us know how we sound this week versus last week. Um, but we're using fancy recording software and fancy microphones, so we're legit. We're using GarageBand.
0: Um, But yes, but our setup today, today, we're at home, we are in our recording area, and it is much better than it was at the resort. But nevertheless, (laughs) let's get going. Hayden, go first.
1: Okay, so are we going to start with, like, do you have yours in any particular order, or are we just
0: kind of... So, I do have mine in order. Like, my number one is my number one favorite. We don't have to go in any particular order.
1: Okay. So, okay, then I'll start with my... I put mine in order, so I'm going to...
0: Why don't you do... So, if, if you have them in order of, like, I'll one is like, your best, yeah, do your then, fifth, Yeah, that's and then me. we'll yes, go from there. Yes,
1: yes. Okay, so my fifth um, is Soren in Epcot. Um, it's not Soren over California, which I think is what it used to be and what it still is in Disneyland. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. We haven't been, um, but it's uh, the new Soren ish, newish Soren. Um, gosh, I'm trying to think of like good, like intellectual, knowledgeable reasons as to why I think it's a really good ride or attraction nobody said
0: it's a
1: knowledgeable podcast knowledgeable okay cool um because i just like how it smells (laughs) um anyone that knows me knows that i have a really strong sense of smell to the point where like smells like are connected to memories for me and like um like my friend had me smell a candle one time in target and i told her it smelled like my high school english class i don't know why but it did um so i really like like the smells of soren like even just walking through the queue like i can like smell like a whiff of like Whoever just walked off of the ride. I can smell like like the
0: smells sounds gross. (laughs) It does sound
1: gross. But like but like I feel like like if you walk through like you just smell like the ride. You don't smell people. That's disgusting. Yes, Um, you
0: do. You're right.
1: Um so like I like being able to smell like um the the like the dirt when you're over Mm -hmm. um all the elephants and like the like more fruity sense when you're in I wanna say when you're in when they're doing the rowing in that one scene, I don't know if that's
0: it's it's po- like the it's like the, the Polynesian Islands. Yes,
1: thank you. Polynesian, yes, we have a resort all dedicated to that. Um and just all the different smells. I really like it. Um and even though I am not a big fan of heights, like I don't notice it with Soarin. So it's like in a way like I think that's the only time I would like ever feel comfortable soaring over all of these different places is in the Soarin ride. I think if I actually had to go parasailing over anything, I would not want to. Um so, I love Soren. That's like when we go to Epcot. If we don't do Soren, then uh, I mean, like, it's still worth it. You can still eat stuff. But, like, I love
0: Soren. Right. There's, there's more to <laughs> Epcot than Soren. Yes,
1: but, like, you need to make the trip down in the Land Pavilion and go <laughs> ride Soren.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: And then hop on Living with the I Land. I mean, it's
0: yes, definitely do Living with <laughs> the Land. Love that ride. Don't know why. Used to sleep on that ride before I became I mean, it's Disney so and love. moved here. But for me, Soren. Is a great ride. I did not do it for the longest time because of the heights.
1: Because of the heights.
0: I I believe I did it once with my mom. Because I think mom also has a slight fear of heights. And maybe she just didn't like it. I think she loves Soren. I think it just... To be suspended... Well, not suspended. To be mm. kind of...
1: Floating. To be to
0: Hanging. be gliding. Yeah. To be hang gliding off of a considerable distance off the ground stressed me out. And the fact that my feet hang freely really bothered me. Yeah, And there's, I mean, to this day, like if I'm on the top tier, because the way that the ride functions, there's kind of three levels. There's Mm -hmm. three hang gliders, if you will. And you could be really high up or you could be, you know, slightly closer to the ground. Being at the top still probably stresses me out to this day. Yeah. You do get a little antsy when The motion of the ride, I definitely get a little antsy. The motion of the ride gives me this weird sinking feeling in my stomach. And I don't like that. But I have grown to like the ride more and more. As I ride it more and more, and similarly to you, I I love the smells. Mm-hmm. Like the smells are quite literally bottled. They do sell them yes. at the co-op in <laughs> Disney Springs. You can absolutely smell the dirt. Mm-hmm. You can smell the fresh cut grass in the elephant scene. Yeah. The Polynesian Islands. That is that is a that is a smell. Mm-hmm. That is a recurring smell also across the Walt Disney mm-hmm. um, World Resort. Um, but. Yes, I, I, I really like it. I'm, yeah. I'm not as scared as I used to be, thankfully. And I like the fact that you, you know, you, you love it because it makes me write it more.
1: Mm-hmm. I definitely, definitely one con to it. like, And this is a small con, but like, and I didn't notice it, I think for, because for the longest time. If you've ridden Soren, you know that there's like, there's the three tiers that Andres just talked about. But then there's also like three sections to the tier. So you can be like to the far right in the middle or to the far left. Um, And then it split up in tiers along that. Um, But for the longest time, I think I wrote in the center. And so I just just assumed that what I was seeing is what everybody else Mm. saw. Um, And then I realized that this... (laughs) The screen that you're looking at is like domed a little bit and so if you go right, to one side yeah if you go to one side or the other the perspective gets a little skewed and like especially I, with the eiffel tower especially at the end. with the eiffel tower <laughs> i remember my mom wrote it and i think she did it by herself i think for i wasn't with her um when we were doing this and she texted. text i, I think she talked to me afterwards and she's like is the eiffel tower actually like a little bit off to the side, like it is in Soren, or was I just sitting on a weird side? And I didn't understand what she was talking about. And then I went and wrote it in, on the far left side or something, and realized that the perspective of stuff does get like really skewed after a while. And it I'm just does. like oh, yeah. this is interesting, um, but
0: but you know it's 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 an old ride. They have refurbished it. They have changed it from Soren over, over California to mm-hmm. Soren over the world. I believe is the official name now, or just
1: I think it's just Soren
0: in general. I don't know. Um, So the technology behind the ride, the the ride vehicles themselves are still really advanced, and they use that same ride technology for other stuff across the resort. But the screen itself is clearly dated. I mean, to replace the entire screen to make that better would be very expensive and I don't think they necessarily need to.
1: It's fine. I think it gives a character. Um
0: I think it does. I mean it's, it's it gives it's, you character and a little
1: bit of motion sickness, but it's <laughs> just a little bit.
0: Just a little bit. Okay. Um okay, your turn. So my fifth pick is Test Track. Also in Avocot. Now a lot of people have some complaints about Test Track and its current iteration, but I love the current form of Test Track because I did not know Test Track prior to. For whatever reason, I think I was afraid of the ride. Andres (laughs) when he was younger. And Andres now. Andres now is still a little wuss. He is not as wussy as he used to be. He used to not like to do any sort of roller coasters. Even tiny ones. He did not like speed. So, I've been coming to the parks since I was two years old. Never rode the ride. This ride has been open since 1999. I've been in this world since 1996. I did not ride this ride probably until 2012, which is when it was remodeled. Now, the original test track was a crash test site. And the track pretty much has remained the same, but the theming has completely changed. People loved the original theme. People also say that it was faster somehow. I don't believe the speed has ever changed. Um, when you're going in the outside portion where you're doing the speed test, the clock still reads 65 miles an hour. I don't think you're actually going 65. I think it's closer to 50 something ish, 58. Um, I haven't checked my math on that, but it doesn't really matter. Um, but I just, I love that ride because I love the interactiveness of the ride. It feels almost competitive to me. You go into the queue. The queue is very cool. It looks very futuristic. And then you go into the creation lab, if you will, where you develop your own vehicle. You get to set the power, the eco-friendliness of the vehicle, stuff like that. And I mean, this vehicle is unique to you. And every single time you go there, it's an entirely different vehicle. I've, I feel safe in saying that no one has ever made the exact vehicle that I have.
1: I have made some of the ugliest vehicles <laughs> in Test Track.
0: Right, after a while it no longer becomes a competition and you just kinda wanna see how badly you can yeah. screw up this car. But at the beginning, especially for me who I'm an extremely competitive person, I liked seeing how my design could, you know, go up against other people's designs and if I could win or not. And I loved that. And obviously, the ride itself is super cool. It's 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 a I guess it's a, it's a testing simulator. That's exactly what it is. It's literally called Test Track. But every part of it is cool. I think it could be a little more thrill ride than it is. I have heard people say that the original version was perhaps a little more intense. Again, I have no frame of reference for that because I did not ride it. I just know that the people around me, the people that I've watched, stuff like that, they have said that the original one was significantly better. I personally don't know. So that's not going to take away from the ride for me if i do have to say something about why the ride kind of can be sucky is that that ride will go down Uh, for anything and everything
1: if there's a drop of rain in georgia test track is probably (laughs) down
0: no no because there 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 is so test track is
1: test track hello oh that's (laughs) that's from my computer i'm so sorry i got a text well all right then (laughs) um (laughs) i didn't know it did that i have a new computer i didn't know that it made noises (laughs) like (laughs) i'm sorry um yes test track has an outdoor portion to it which is why that is very prone to breaking down because um any outdoor attractions at Disney, if there is lightning in the area or if there are heavy stormfalls, really anything like that, the ride is going to go down for safety reasons. Um, there's usually nothing wrong with the ride. It just means mm-hmm. that it's for safety. Um, and even though the majority of test track is inside when you're doing all the test simulations and stuff like that, you do have to go outside um, for the final bit of it. So it does tend to break down. Like, I would say three fourths of the time for it'll, weather. It'll go and down then, every single day. Just yeah. Because and then that's a fourth, how Florida
0: weather works. Well, I mean, yeah. It's always going to rain. I
1: think it's, I think it goes, I would say, I feel like it's an accurate statement that it goes down like three fourths of the time for weather and then another fourth because it's test track.
0: <laughs> Correct. Something, so, yeah. I mean, it's also an extremely intricate ride. Yeah. And it needs to, you know, go smoothly. Like, there is nothing on that ride necessarily unless there's like lights that go out at one point if a part of that ride is broken, the ride has to go down mm-hmm. so they can fix it. It's it's not something that can work with something casually being mm-hmm. out of place or broken or whatever cuz it could be an extreme safety issue. Yes.
1: Um are are you are, you, are you done? I think your... I'm
0: done for test track. I don't okay. have much to say I... about test track. <laughs>
1: I have cons about Test Track. Aside from actually. that. Actually. Okay, go for it. <laughs> um, So it's not that I don't like Test Track. Like, if we're at Epcot and somebody, like, wants to go to Test Track, like, I'm definitely not, like, opposed to it or anything. I love a good a good coaster. I love just getting to sit, honestly, um, after walking around World Showcase. I find Test Track really jerky, like, when you're doing all the simulation stuff. Like, and I know that's the point of it. You're supposed to be testing out everything. That is literally the point of it. I know, but it is jerky to the point where it's, Like, I don't feel like I can, like, not that you relax on a coaster or anything like that, but you at least, like, you at least expect, like, the ride to be smooth. And I never have found test tracks smooth or anything. Like, I feel like I get jerked around so much. Um,
0: So, remember that the ride is 22 years old. 21 years old. No, I know. Right, so let's put that up against another ride that may have jerkiness to it or whatever it's not
1: it's not that it's like jerky as in it's old it's jerky as in like they designed it to be jerky which i'm not a fan of
0: i also think the seats aren't comfortable no the seat belt is tight and it does kind of like for me personally it kind of does hurt my my collarbone so slinging around like that is going to be slightly different than slinging around in my in my car yeah you know like we have cushy seats in vehicles Mm -hmm. and the seat belts are different and like you're controlling the motion. I think if I were to just slosh you around in my car without you knowing, please don't. <laughs> and you were sitting in like a in some disgusting bucket seat or something that's just not comfy at all. You would feel different. I think I understand it's a complaint, but it's literally what the ride is. Made no, to
1: I understand that. It's just I. There there are rides I enjoy riding more, but. That's why it's not. That's fair.
0: That's why it's my list and not yours. Yes, I'm so sorry. It's, it's not a collaborative list. Um,
1: wow. Okay. You
0: know? <laughs> Do you want to go ahead and give your fourth?
1: Sure. Okay, let me get my list. Okay. So my fourth, it should honestly be higher up on my list because of how obsessed I am with it currently, but um because it's not so much like a thrill ride, I guess, like the other ones are on my list. That's why it's number four. Um, I love Haunted Mansion like no other <laughs> <laughs> um i especially because i was fortunate enough to do a backstage tour of it um a little over a year probably like a year and a half ago now um when i was a cp which is so cool um unfortunately it's only something that cast members can do i think the only cast members that haven't done the backstage tour or that ha- only people that aren't cast members that have done the backstage tour words um are John Stamos and Neil Patrick Harris. Um, and that's when they were here doing the Candlelight Processional. So, like, they technically were cast members temporarily. Um, Both of
0: them are extreme Disney heads. Yes, and Neil Patrick and Harris
1: loves Haunted Mansion. Yes. And I love Neil Patrick Harris. Um, I, but it's so cool. Um, just getting, like... I definitely liked Haunted Mansion before I did the tour, but I didn't know that much about it. And, like, I, I love going on the rides. got great AC. And, like, it's very whimsical and like is a ride that i liked when i was little so it's like i like riding it for nostalgia um but then i did the tour and all of a sudden was just like i am a haunted mansion connoisseur i love everything haunted mansion i will die in haunted like i love haunted mansion i will be that last i will be the (laughs) the 1000th yes (laughs) um so yes I love Haunted Mansion I I think one of the biggest things I like about it is that and I know that a lot of Disney rides have this but like I loved getting to to learn about how it's incorporated in Haunted Mansion where there you could honestly stand in the queue line for Haunted Mansion and not get bored because you have the tombstones for um everybody that has died and like they all connect to one another like and getting to figure that out um you get to have, like, the the interactive um, bookshelf that you can, like, push books back in. And you can have the... Stop
0: making money. Now I'm self-conscious <laughs> about it.
1: <laughs> Apparently I say um and like and other things of the such, of the like, a lot. Anyways. Like um, a lot. Oh, whatever. Like a lot, like a lot.
0: More than I need. Sorry,
1: <sighs> that's <a song>. um, <laughs> But, and then you have the tombstones. Um, So the cue the is... Is super interactive and there is there's just so much that you can be entertained by while you're waiting for the ride, which Disney has incorporated into their other cues, which I really like. Um, but it's also cool because a lot of the names on the tombstones are names of Imagineers that worked on the ride, um, which I think is cool. And you slightly what,
0: morbid, but sure. I
1: mean yes. Apparently, I learned on the tour that there was I can't remember what his name is because I'm not good with names at all. But um I do know that one of the main Imagineers for the ride, the other Imagineers didn't particularly like him a lot for whatever reason, even though like he came up with like really good ideas that were all utilized in the, in the ride. Um, but that's why his tombstone is somewhere where you can't really see it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The level of pain. We love to see it.
1: Um, but just like stuff like that. I think that's, I think that's so cool. Like I love getting to see, um, like when you go past Madame Leota and it's the voice of Lady Tremaine and Maleficent, like, um, and just getting to hear that um, it's just it's super cool and um it was really fun getting to learn that um, when I'm pretty sure sh- yeah the timeline so when the first hanna mansion um, in Disneyland came out um, or was built that ride was funded by profits that they had gotten from when they had just made Mary poppins um, and it, that movie continued to fund attractions um. In both parks. And so I love Julie Andrews. So in turn, I love Mary Poppins. So I thought that was also cool that like something that I didn't even think would have any type of connection, like has that connection. And that's like Mary Poppins is the reason that a lot of rides are here today, because those profits from the movie funded those. And I, I thought that was really cool. Like you, I would never have thought to mm-hmm. learn that on the tour. Um, And then what's my other thing that I really like about it? I mean, I love, there's just so much hidden stuff in there. And it's sad that like, I pointed out to Andreas like all the time, like another new thing. He's nodding.
0: <laughs> no, I know. I mean, that, that's actually one of the reasons why I personally like the ride a lot. I I love Haunted Mansion. Haunted Mansion is great. It is a ride that I expect to do every single time I go to Disney World. Riding the ride with you, <laughs> even though you think you are annoying, I genuinely do enjoy that insider information. It makes the ride. I I like having that knowledge because then I can spread that to someone else yeah. and I can I can ride the ride with a friend of mine or with my mom or with my dad mm-hmm. and be like look this is where this is and look that's that and look Mary Poppins is <laughs> floating around and whatever doesn't matter <laughs> like that that is cool to me i enjoy useless information like that yeah. and i don't have it on my list i don't have it in my honorable mentions not because i don't like the ride but because i knew you would have it in <laughs> yours and it's just I don't have that same connection with the mm-hmm. ride. Now, I love the ride more now that it has been updated. I can't remember exactly when the, re- the renovation was, but they renovated the queue. They made it yeah, interactive. Yeah. That is going to be a recurring theme mm-hmm. across my list. My list is the interactivity of queues. I am an extremely impatient person. I do not <laughs> like to wait. If I cannot be constantly entertained at all hours of the day, I will go crazy. So having a queue that I can interact with, I can really appreciate and I can hold my attention while I'm waiting 45, 65, mm. 80 minutes for an attraction at Walt Disney World. You The first part of the queue, unfortunately, is not that great. But the renovated no. part has the um, the tombstones with the sculptures of some of the...
1: Some of the stretching people, I believe. I, I
0: don't know if they're stretching people, but it's a family that resided within the Haunted Mansion. Yes. And the entire thing... Is a murder
1: mystery. If you mystery. look, it's a murder mystery. Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm not going to tell you how to solve the murder mystery, but but you you, can actually solve it within (laughs) the sculptures themselves. There's clues. You Mm -hmm. have to find, there's, the answers are on it.
1: Yeah.
0: The answers are literally on it. You just (laughs) have to know where to look. Love that. You go forward, there's a wall that you can touch that makes instrumental sounds happen, Mm -hmm. which is awesome. There's two of those. Oh, well, actually it's one, there's one side that's like. Classical instruments and the other side are like awkward, weird, creepy instruments. I think
1: so, yeah. Um,
0: unfortunately, you can't do that right now because of the entire pandemic that we're going through. But nevertheless, that's in the queue. There is a riddle section. Mm-hmm. There is you a. You get to like
1: talk back to it, like you have to. like, Yeah, in there's the a
0: crypt of a gentleman who died in a bathtub, and it squirts out water. Mm-hmm. Like it, it keeps you entertained, especially if you're a family with a younger child. That is something that I really take into consideration when I think wholly of a ride i I like i appreciate the fact that it can engage anyone at all times you're not it's it's a problem that a lot of theme parks have that i think disney has taken a step towards correcting and they've become kind of like the leader and really set that precedent but if you really have to wait so long for a ride you have to figure out a way to keep your guests entertained and i think Haunted Mansion was not the first ones to do it, but I think the renovation came because the feedback behind having an interactive queue was so high that they felt like they needed to do another ride. And there's other rides across Magic Kingdom, Mm -hmm. across the entire resort. Winnie the Pooh, uh, Peter Pan, all have interactive elements to them. There's others on the list that I'm not going to mention right now because they may potentially be on my list. But that is something that I really appreciate about that ride in particular, Mm -hmm. and something that I wish that they would do from here on out, which I think they will. And I mean, it's, it's something that's very modern.
1: Yes. Um, yeah, I definitely like, love the interactive cues, especially Haunted Mansions, because there's just a lot to find. I also like that, like, um, so fun fact. Um, so the, so obviously Disneyland's Haunted Mansion was the first one before Disney worlds. Um, and theirs looks more like a, um, I mean, uh, I'm trying to think of what like it look. It does not look like a haunted mansion on the outside, which was a downside that they had because people would bring their kids into the ride not knowing that it was basically like a Disney version of a haunted yeah, it's house. A scary house, yeah. yeah for so sure. so kids got really f- afraid of it, and parents... it looks
0: it looks like very antebellum yeah style plantation yes, kind of plantation. Poem. That's the word. Um, um.
1: So when they made. The Haunted Mansion and Disney World, they they adjusted it and made it a little spooky on the outside, just so you knew what you were getting into. But I mean, Haunted Mansion is both spooky and it's also very whimsical. So I like that they've added the whimsical part of it into the queue um, because maybe maybe the kids will get scared when they go through that first dark part where it's very very cryptic and very just spooky spooky. Well, even um,
0: even the and it,
1: I think like the queue helps them like relax into it a little Definitely. bit. I think,
0: and even the Disney World version of haunted mansion had to be toned back there were parts especially with a certain deadly widow who was it was genuinely so scary in earlier versions of the ride that they had to tone it back there was there was a part in 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 the attic scene where she was slightly scarier than she is now (laughs) and people did not like that so it definitely has had been scaled back before both here and in Disneyland.
1: The Constance Attic is one of my favorites because, see, the downside about Haunted Mansion is that, the only downside, um, is that there are so many hidden things in within the ride um, that you just can't see because it's so dark. Um, like, we have nods to the Disneyland um, Haunted Mansion because they do the the holiday crossover where right. they have nightmare Before christmas and stuff like that and we don't do that but we do have like if you look really closely um like really closely you can find like jack skellington's hidden places in our ride um and constance attic tells a whole story about how she progressively j- got way better at getting rid of her husband's um yes but you can't tell that because it, it, it's just dark um i mean you can look really closely But it's just there's just so many details in it that like I appreciate so much. I just wish they were you could see them better Mm -hmm. Um, because I've tried to point out like I know I've tried to point out the Jack Skellington to you before and like I I can't see it.
0: But I mean, I think that's part of the magic that there's there's things that the Imagineers know Mm -hmm. that the typical guest is not going to know about and much less be able to see. Yes. And they still took the time to add that detail mm-hmm. into there, so that, that that I really appreciate that. I really appreciate that.
1: I feel like I've talked a lot about haunted mansion, so I'm gonna I'm gonna stop. Um, I will say the next time you're writing haunted, Man- Ooh, I just kicked the microphone. Sorry, about if you heard that. Um, if the next time you're writing haunted mansion, um, try to find the ghost host when he's on uh, on the ride because when you go through all the pictures and everything. On the ride, you definitely can see him. So, see if you can find him and uh, let me know. Um, I'll be glad to point him out to you if you ever want to ride on a mansion
0: with me. Okay. So, my fourth on my top five is a classic Magic Kingdom Mountain. It's Big Thunder. Mm -hmm. Big Thunder Mountain. Mm -hmm. One of the reasons why I love this ride so much is it is the first quote-unquote roller coaster that i ever genuinely enjoyed oh
1: i didn't know that it is
0: it (laughs) is the one that essentially opened my heart to very d-level coasters in terms of intensity (laughs) it is a ride that i love i can ride that ride over and over and over again i love the craziness of it i love the speed i love the little drops Which says a lot about me because I don't like drops. Like, (laughs) if there's now a speed coaster like um, Hagrid's Motorbike Adventure, whatever it's called over at Universal Studios Orlando, is probably my favorite coaster. Not on my list because it's not in Walt Disney World. But that ride is speed. And it's nothing but speed. Speed and I can deal with that. And I can enjoy <laughs> that. There's a couple of elements in there that I'm not going to talk about because I don't know if any of our listeners have not yet ridden the ride and I don't want to spoil it for them. But there's elements in that ride that I may have otherwise not liked that I ended up absolutely loving. But Big Thunder Mountain really was a stepping stone for me to be able to ride other coaster like attractions because it really kind of slowly eased me into it. And I'm mm-hmm. still I'm still not able to ride Rides that may be on your list. But (laughs) I will eventually get there. And Big Thunder Mountain was a big reason why I've made any sort of progress Mm -hmm. when it comes to liking roller coasters. And another reason why I like that ride is, again, it has an interactive queue. I was
1: about to say that! Yes! Yes.
0: The interactive queue was added around... I think it was around the same time. 2012. I think it was around the same time that the Haunted Mansion queue was added. uh, The renovation was done. And it makes the ride worth waiting for as well. The only drawback to it is the entire queue, much like Haunted Mansion, is outdoors. So it's hot. Yeah. But other than that, the interactive elements of it kind of distract me from the heat, can distract me from the long wait times. On a good pre-COVID Saturday in the middle of the summertime, at all times of the day, that's going to be a 60-minute wait, if not longer. Yeah. So... There's a lot of things to keep you engaged. There's the, the viewfinders where you can look down into the mine and you can see miners picking. And you have these little cranky wheel things that show a, a stop motion image of a horse running mm-hmm. or the birds in the yes, cages. So if, you look, the if you look at a lot of the little intricate elements of the queue, you can, it paints a picture, like a lot of Disney queues do, about what's going on in the mine and stuff like that. And it really keeps you engaged. They have things for all ages, like the the bird cages. It's not something, the fact that they're all named and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Or the paintings and reading what's on the paintings and stuff like that. Those are things that would engage an older audience that might have the patience to read. Clearly, I didn't have the patience to read until I turned 24. But <laughs> little kids, you have the little cranky machines, you have the little viewfinders. In the queue, there's detonators yes. that literally affect the ride itself. The detonators connect to portions of stuff along the track mm-hmm. that will explode. That's amazing. That's <laughs> something that they didn't have before, the renovation. That is so cool. That that like that blows my mind. Because you're interacting with the people on the ride, and you're entertaining yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think that's fantastic. And all of that together really just culminated into, into it deserving a spot on my list. Um, it's not... I originally thought it was an opening day attraction at, at Magic Kingdom. It's not. It opened in 1980 in Walt Disney World. One year after it opened in Disneyland in 1979, um, so it is definitely not an opening day attraction. But it's one that is genuinely iconic. I mean, yeah. when you think of the MK Mountains, that's... It, it's part of it. Yeah. You know, it, it's Splash, Big Thunder, and Space, mm-hmm. and that's cool because when you th- when you you can just say Magic Kingdom Mountains to basically anyone, and I guarantee you, you'll they'll know exactly what you're talking yeah. about chances are they'll probably space, space space Mountain and then Splash and then Big Thunder but regardless you know mm-hmm. it's it's just it is genuinely an icon and it really deserves being on this list
1: I think that's really cool I didn't know that that was what got you warmed up to, to- I had
0: done coasters before and every single time I came out crying <laughs> so that was the first time that I didn't come out of a coaster crying now I get creative with the ride I am not going to say <laughs> live on podcast what I do to get creative with the ride but I make the ride a little more fun for myself and whoever rides with me and some of the people listening may know exactly what's going on others may not and we're gonna keep it that way
1: I know there was one time you um you showed me a video where you were gonna to try to ride the ride and not <laughs> smile or laugh or something and you couldn't make it through I love is, that is just the wholesome content that you all need
0: I love I love that ride so much and you know what I, please don't say anything negative about this ride because I, I love... It. The more I talk about it, I'm like, dang it, it should have been hired on my list.
1: I don't have any cons for this okay, ride. Okay, well, let's I go ahead and, and,
0: and move on okay. to yours.
1: Aww. Okay, so, speaking of roller coasters that Andreas is not going to ride... Yes. Um, My next one is uh, in Animal Kingdom. You can see it from miles away, which is uh, one of the reasons why I love it. And it is Expedition Everest. Um... I love I don't know if I love this ride simply because like I am I am a bigger coaster person than Andreas is. Um there are some, some coasters that I won't ride, but they're like few and far between. Like I can I can stomach Hulk in Universal. Um Maniac. What? You're a maniac. I'm a maniac. I was like, what is a maniac? I've never ridden that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, so I don't know if I like everest simply because it is a good coaster, like I still think it runs really smoothly despite the fact that it is it's getting up there in, in age compared to some of the newer coasters um or the fact that um I love the yeti even though i c- i did couldn't see her last time the lights weren't working, and I was really upset, but' we'll, that's another story for not right now um but I think I like everest because um my first memory of riding it so I was terrified of it. Like it had just recently been debuted. I was um, going to Disney World. I was probably I want to say 12 years old and it was my mom, my brother, and my grandparents and we all went to Disney together and it was like best vac- one of the best vacations ever. You and were 11. I was 11. Yeah.
0: If you went the year it opened, you were 11. I don't <laughs> I was know if like, you saw it when this? it premiered. Not like that it, it opened premiered. in 2006. Okay. So you would have been 11.
1: I think I was twelve because when I was eleven I went to New York and that was the big vacation. But um so yeah, we'll just say twelve. Um, but so I was I was scared like I always get really scared if I'm riding a coaster that I have not ridden before. Um, I get really nervous and like I don't like like when the coaster like goes up and like it that's like the time of the ride where I'm like change my mind about being on it and I wanna get off and like that's not physically possible. Um so I was I was terrified of Everest but I really wanted to ride it because I knew once I rode it I would like it. Um and I'd like seen like sneak peeks of it like on Disney Channel and whatever about like how like the coaster goes back and everything. Um but I still was like waiting in line with my mom and my grandma and I was like okay, I want to ride it but I just don't want to get the front. <laughs> and lo and behold, we got the front. So I'm riding in the front with my mom and my grandma. Um, and like Uh, like (laughs) which was super fun I was terrified but like and I remember like getting to the part where like the the tracks like end and and cut off and like you're at the edge of the mountain and my grandma saying like Hayden you are a terrible driver because I'm at the front and I'm just like ah I don't know what even to do um so I don't know that was like my favorite memory of it and then as soon as we were done riding it like we went back to the front again like I want to ride it every single time now I every single time I go to Animal Kingdom um, and just, I just love that you, like, the mountain itself is such an icon for, for Animal Kingdom. Like, you can, you can literally see it from, you can be anywhere on Disney property, and I guarantee you can probably see Everest from wherever you are. You just have to look hard enough and, and look the right way. Like, it is, it's so cool. Um, so, and, like, another, like, cool thing about it, um, Andreas, um, re, it was not was like last fall he did um a cast member 5k that was in animal kingdom like really really early in the morning and i got to like go there with our friend jordy hi jordy um and cheer on him and a few of our other friends and it was at animal kingdom and getting to see everest like at five in the morning and like getting to see the sunrise near it was like super cool like it was beautiful you would never like it's I know it's not a real mountain, but it's real to me, and it's beautiful. It's real to you. It's real to me. And it was, I don't know. It's just, it's super cool. I love it. Um, Definitely thought that if you've ridden the ride, there's a part where it's, like, completely dark. And... Um, I thought for the longest time that when you're in the dark, you go upside down. I was recently informed that that is you don't go upside down; <laughs> you just do a really big dip. Um, so uh, my earth shattered just like a little bit, but I still love Everest
0: quite a lot. Isn't Everest just a lap bar? Yeah. How could you go upside down? I don't down know. With just a lap felt, bar. you know,
1: like the stomach feeling. You can, you wouldn't know the stomach feeling you get when you go upside down because you've never ridden a coaster that goes upside down. Correct. So you don't but understand. Just logic
0: would suggest.
1: Listen, logic would suggest that the Yeti should have been fixed at this point, but she hasn't.
0: Nah, no, it's not worth it. It's so worth it. I don't understand. I don't have anything to say about Everest because I haven't <laughs> ridden the ride. the The closest I've been is right in front of the boarding zone because I will.
1: You go, i'll queue up with yeah. you guys and
0: then i'll leave because well, i just that's I another do thing it.
1: about it. the queue is so intricate which i think is really interesting there's like, a lot
0: of detail to it there's
1: so much detail in it which i think is i think is super cool like um just getting to see like how much how much effort like everyone who built it like put into it to make sure that they had like the proper research done and like you you can learn a lot about like the the lore behind the yeti as you're going through the ride which i think is really cool um i just think like that's like a nice added touch to it like there's not i mean i don't i can't think of any disney movies that have a yeti in them so it's not as whimsical as other rides but i think it's i think it's really cool that like they were going to make a ride about the yeti and they were going to try to do it politically correct to the best of their ability which i think i think is really cool um so yeah Love me some Expedition Everest.
0: Please fix the eddy. Fun fact about Everest that I just found out through a quick Google search: <laughs> it is the Disney parks collectively the 18th themed mountain attraction. What? So there's apparently, it's apparently there's really like. It. 17 other mountains. Yeah, well, no, right. Across Disney parks in general. Oh, oh, oh. I mean, oh, think oh, about oh, how many oh, there oh. are in. Yes. There's three in MK. Yes, I understand. (laughs) And if you include Seven Dwarves, which is kind of mountainous now, then that's will be four in MK Mm. alone. Um, But yeah, just just a little little tidbit about that. Okay. I'm going to switch up what my number three is because it is on your list, and I don't want to (laughs) take away from you. So
1: we can talk about it both together. This is originally,
0: this is my number three. I'm not going to say it so that you can say it when it's your turn, but. I'm going to preface this by saying that what I'm going to talk about is not on my top five out of respect and love for your top five. Even though before we recorded this podcast, we agreed that it was going to be on my list and we you, were gonna have, you were going to have something else we on the list. We did not
1: agree to that. We just made, we just like realized agree that
0: we... Agree to disagree. So, Lying. I am going to talk about one of my honorable mentions okay. for now. Which one do I want to pick? I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to talk about Toy Story Mania. Mm. We're going to take it to the same park where this other ride would have been if I was allowed (laughs) to talk about it, which I'm not because it was stolen from me. So Toy Story Mania is a super cool attraction. Obviously, it's Toy Story themed, which is awesome. It's one of my favorite movie franchises. It is a game. It's a game. That's what it is. I mean, it, it it's 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 a video game. It's a 3D video game where you go around earning points by shooting things at other things. And it is so freaking cool. Like I like I I am like the the little gaming nerd inside of me loves this attraction and the little kid who grew up watching Toy Story is also geeking out because I've shrunk it down to toy size. <laughs> And now I'm hanging around with Woody, Buzz, and friends. Like it's it is so so cool, and like other queues, it's not it's not interactive per se, mm-hmm. like other queues is with the exception of the talking Mr. Potato Head that's in the ride that I know in a portion of the queue that interacts uh, real time with the guests that are waiting to ride the ride. But it is there's a lot of things that Toy Story Land. Got wrong. One of the things that Toy Story Land did get right is how much detail is into it. How it genuinely makes you feel like you have shrunken down to the size of a toy. I mean, the fact that the the poles or the barriers in the queue are like connects or Lincoln Logs, yeah. and like the dividers are Uno cards and stuff <laughs> like that. It's 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 insane, and. When you're entering the big building that, that has the, the loading area of the ride itself is Andy's room. Mm,
1: I love And that, that. is so I cool. That, so that is much. so
0: cool. So even before I'm riding the ride, I'm already super invested in everything that's going on because like, oh my God, I'm a toy. Oh my God, I'm a toy. <laughs> like, the, like I always wanted to be a toy. I don't know why. I always wanted to be this inanimate object that couldn't move around when humans were around. <laughs> but then you get on the ride, you put on these glasses, you have this little gun that makes a sound when you pull it and you shoot, and you earn points. One of my favorite things about the ride is, one, it's competitive, but two, it's collaborative. There are things that you will never see on those screens if you don't know what to do, one, and two, if you don't have a partner with you that also knows what to do. There is a way to get a super high score on this ride. At the end of it, you're always going to see, oh, best score in your car, best score in the last hour, best score in the month, etc. And these numbers are in like the five, six, seven hundred thousands. And you're like, why? And then you look it up. Because like me, if you're like me, you cheat. You don't just ride it until you figure it out. You look it up and you find guides of how to get these things. And in Toy Story Mania, unlike Buzz Lightyear's uh, Ranger Spin. I think I butchered that name, but it doesn't matter. No, I think that's right. It's, it's collaborative. You Some of these things you cannot or it is incredibly difficult to find the hidden secrets of each little area without having someone with you that knows exactly what they're doing. I have a really good friend of mine. His name is Joe Anderson. (laughs) What up, Joe? Him and I are experts at this ride. And we both love it. We both have a great admiration for it. And we know exactly what to do to get those screens to unlock, to show us the higher point items that we can shoot at. And we make it our mission to get the highest score possible. I have written this ride with you. And as much as I love you, it's very frustrating. You don't know where to shoot. Or you just don't listen. Or whatever it is.
1: I promise I try.
0: But when I ride it with Joe, it's 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 a much better experience. And it's so much more fun. But that, it's cool little intricacies like that that I like. Because, again, no one is telling you that this exists. The Imagineers who developed this aren't. Going around being like, Hey, if you shoot this, this appears. No. Somebody had to find that. <laughs> and the fact that they were like, let's take the time to put some sprinkle some little secrets in here. Little Disney magic. And then let the guests find it. I it's 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 awesome to me. It really is.
1: Yeah, if I I definitely agree. And if you ever want to ride Toy Story Mania and feel really good about yourself, um, and when just write it with me because I'm really bad at it <laughs> um but we need to rewind for a second and just talk about um what you think is wrong with Toy Story Land um because it's beautiful and it's you're about to my mom loves Toy Story Land so like I could t- I don't have to take her to anywhere else in Disney and as long as I take her to meet Snow White and Goofy really quick and then go take her over to Toy Story Land, she could stay there for a whole for a whole vacation and be totally fine, which I think is the most adorable thing ever. Because like they're all board games that like she grew up with. Like it's all like that's like the Slinky Dog queue is her favorite thing in the world. So I need you to explain. I'm not mad. That's okay. I just want to know that is why totally you're fine. wrong.
0: Uh, for starters, what you are describing that your mom likes so much is the one thing that I said that they did correctly.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. What did they get wrong?
0: <laughs> Everything else. What? What? Everything else. First of all, alien swirling saucers is not. A great ride. I enjoy it for other reasons. It's got a funny name if you really think about it. <laughs> Especially since cast members love to make acronyms about everything. Alien Soiling Saucers. How that got through every level of Imagineering without someone catching it. Someone but caught it. But regardless. Correct. My problem with the land is not the theming. It's the lack of shade. Mm. Toy Story Land has always been considered a failed oh. land because people gave... Such bad feedback about the land.
1: you right.
0: There is no shade. There's it none. is very hot. There is no restaurant. There's a quick service. They're mm. now building a restaurant. It's not Pizza Planet. <gasps> also, what? not. A, it's, it's like, a, it's, it's a toy dinosaur land. I think it's based around Toy Story 3 and 4. Trixie's something, whatever. That's neither here nor there. But those are all things I was like, okay, we really should have a restaurant. Or we should really have this or that. Lots of shade. The umbrellas that you see on the outside parts of the Sinky Dog Dash queue were added in afterwards. When the ride, an opening day of Toy Story Land, there was nothing there. Mm -hmm. And you can imagine how long those wait times are. You can imagine how long it is today, even with um, a COVID Disney. That's what I mean by being a failure. Sinky Dog Dash is great. Toy Story Mania is great. Alien Rolling Saucers is an okay ride, but they needed to do something about the heat. I yes. Which they yes. did not. Okay. And yes, they did I not understand. have a restaurant. Andy's lunchbox or Woody's toy box. What it's Woody's, called? I can't remember. Woody's lunchbox. There it is. I you know. Which doesn't make sense because
1: two. Woody doesn't have a lunchbox. Because he's a toy. I think it's. I, I think it's
0: his. I think he is. I, a lunchbox. Yes, he is a lunchbox. box, um, right. They okay. have some great food there. I definitely think you should try the the, oh, the grilled cheese and so the good. Pop-Tart-like little snacks that they have. Yes. But it's not a restaurant. People wanted a Pizza Planet. Yes. I still want a Pizza Planet.
1: I want Pizza Planet back.
0: Correct. So that's what I meant by a failure. Okay. It's, and that's fine. Yeah. Everything okay. else, the thing that you mentioned that your mom likes, that is what I like too. The, the theme yes. is okay. amazing. The lampposts are themed. Like yes. the trash, it's, it's all, it's great. It's great.
1: Okay. Okay. Then we're okay. Then yeah. we're fine. I was about to...
0: Never mind. <laughs> All
1: right, go ahead. Okay, let's see. What are we? Oh, okay, so staying in the same park, um, my number two ride is what we're on now, um, is Tower of Terror, um, I, I'm trying to like to find reasons why I love this ride so much, other than I just love love the drops. I think it's great. Like, I. Yeah, I don't I think this was another ride that I rode when I my family and I came when I was little and like I was very excited. I was excited that I was tall enough to ride it and my brother wasn't tall enough to ride it yet. Um I got to ride <laughs> I got to ride Tower and Rockin' before he was left. It was great. Um but I don't know, like Tower definitely like has I love the theming with Tower Tear. Even though they don't have an interactive queue and standing in that queue, which is predominantly outside for I think I stood in that queue for like over two and a half hours one time and that was not what it was posted on the ride it was awful um but I the theming once you get inside is amazing like the I I think some of the chairs that are in the the lobby that you go into um when you're waiting to get into the ride like are from like the renaissance like they're old they're like if you do the backstage tour you're not allowed to sit in certain chairs because they will they're old
0: right um the There's a lot of the stuff is 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 authentic. Yeah, it is like, very it authentic. Is very aged.
1: Um, so like I love I love that aspect. I love I love how beautiful the inside of the ride is. I also love that that's one of the rides where like it's very similar to to Haunted Mansion, um, and to um another ride that you're gonna talk about later. I know, so I'm not gonna mention it, but the the cast members are that's one that the cast members, I feel like, can have a lot of fun with just, like, playing into the theming and playing into the story. Um, and I love getting to see how creative they are with it. Like, there will be some cast members that um, do, like, their whole safety safety spiel when you're going onto the elevator and things like that. Um, and it's very just, it's they're saying everything that they need to and they don't need to add any flair to it, and that's totally fine. And other ones will, um, I, I I've heard so many things where it's like, when they're checking the the, the yellow strap on, on your seat and you're pulling it and they're like, okay, now, hands up, cool, they're going to stay there, so you might as well just keep them there. Or when the doors are closing, they're like, oh, by the way, um, if you need something, just make sure to scream." Like, I don't know, like, just just stuff like that. Like, I've had such great cast members um, let me onto the elevator in that ride. And I think that just makes the experience so much cooler mm. because, like, that makes it that much more immersive um, so I love that. Um, I'm trying to think of, of other things that I love. I just, Tower is like one of those things where like, if we're going to go to Hollywood Studios, like I have to ride Tower. You're not going to ride Tower.
0: Right. I mean, it's the icon of the park. So it it's, is. it's, it's, it's what the park is, is known for. Now you are right. I will never ride Tower. <laughs> tower is the epitome of what I hate about rides. It is nothing but drops. Yes. So there, there is nothing for me to enjoy, which sucks because I love, the theme of the ride itself. Doing the queue is super cool. The little pre-show. I love the Twilight Zone. Like, that is a show that I genuinely like. I, I love everything about that. So I wish I could experience the ride without having to put myself through the panic attack that would <laughs> ensue by me getting strapped into the ride and going up the elevator. It is
1: a shame because, like, I feel like you would, you would genuinely enjoy... All aspects of the ride except for the droppy parts because there's other there's other the droppy parts, parts the
0: droppy parts there's
1: other parts of it that are are not droppy.
0: Yeah, I know. I mean, I believe um, before you go up, you go through an entire like
1: you go through like a room where you get to see a lot of the the, the Twilight Zone icons right. that show in the little in the little pre-show film. Um, you do get to see the ghosts, which was um oh my gosh, I just had like a whole flashback from like a memory that I just remembered. Um So I remember. um my favorite part on the ride, besides the droppy parts, um, is the first time you, like, go up in the elevator, you go into a hallway of the the hotel, mm-hmm. and you get to see the, the ghosts right. um, again. And when I was little riding that for the first time, um, I was, like, super – the only way I can describe at, for myself, like – after I came home from that vacation, was, like, super jazzed about that entire vacation. I was, like, could not stop talking about it. And I had, like, a little tape recorder. And for whatever reason, I decided I was going to do my own podcast where I, I was the only one to listen to it on this tape recorder. And I described, like, movement for movement, Tower of Terror. And I remember my favorite part being, like, I remember hearing my voice just being like, and then you go up into the hallway and the ghosts are there and then there's lightning and they wave goodbye to you and then it's dark. And, like, just being, like, I don't even know. Like, I thought that was so cool. And just all the the special effects with it, even though this ride, like, I don't think it's gone through a big update or anything like that. There's nothing that they have, like, drastically changed about this ride. But I still think, like, the fact that it is Twilight Zone, the fact that it is the... Um, glitz and glitter of the Hollywood age, like it's a timeless ride. I feel, and I feel like Tower is one of the few rides that's still in Hollywood Studios that still makes it feel like Hollywood Studios. Like we don't have the Great Movie Ride anymore. We don't have the Backlot Tour or anything like that, and that's fine. Like the park needs to grow. It needs to be different. But like I like that Hollywood st- or the Tower of Terror holds like the essence of what studios is supposed to be so
0: it's funny you say that too because sunset boulevard in general
1: sunset boulevard in is general not, is very but it's
0: not it's i mean I, I yes i think i know what you're going to say that's not originally part of the park. that was an expansion i understand yeah I... so like that's, that is not like <laughs> no they have I, to add that <laughs> i know
1: but like i like that it's like i mean if you're going to take away great movie ride and other things that have that like old hollywood glamour essence thing of it like i'm glad that that tower gets to stay and that tower gets to be the icon. Because that's why Studios is my favorite part besides magic. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I like that it is all behind the scenes and getting to see how the movies are made and, like, that puts you directly into a classic Hollywood film um, before you die.
0: <laughs> I never liked Studios because of that same reason. I find it boring. I think the theming be behind it all is is dull. I think... I don't really care for the idea of, like being backstage and seeing like the the show buildings or whatever. I never I never really enjoyed that. So that was always a part for me growing up that I avoided. One because I did not like the theming and two there were there was just literally nothing for me to ride. Yeah. Like I actually don't so the first time that I rode the great movie ride, which no longer exists, was like 2 months before it closed. Wow. I never did it. I could never get past the hat sorcerer's hat. That was my favorite thing about the park. I went to the park to see the Sorcerer's Hat. I... There was... And Star Tours. Yeah. Other than that, Hollywood Studios was a half-day park for me. Or a quarter of a day park for me and my family. Because I don't like rock and Roller Coaster. I did not like Hollywood Studios. Or, or uh, Hollywood Tower a I enjoyed the Backlot Tour when I was still open. It it's had hard. been taken away. Hmm. Um, so, it wasn't a lot for me there. And I had other reasons for not liking Hollywood Studios. Uh, not to mention the the, you know, the the losing of all of my belongings um, on oh. Star Tours, <laughs> but now it has definitely grown on me because there's a lot more to do, and a good oh, that actually has nothing to do with my next. Oh, it doesn't. I one, it did. no, because you stole one. Um, but to awkwardly segue into my number two, we're gonna go to Animal Kingdom. Oh, okay. We're gonna go back to AK to Dak. And we're going to get on Flight of Passage. Mm -hmm. Wow. (laughs) Is all I can say for that attraction. I have never seen a ride so consistently have over a hundred minute wait times. Three, four, five years after its opening. Flight of Passage transcended what attractions should be like. And... It set the bar so damn high that I did not expect to ever find something that I loved more than Flight of Passage. And I didn't for a very long time. Flight of Passage is such an experience from beginning to end. Now, when you enter Pandora, the world of Avatar, in Magic Kingdom in general, the the immersion begins. And if you have never visited, I highly recommend doing it at night because everything in the land is bioluminescent. It oh, all glows in the dark. So cool. The sidewalks have been painted with glow in the dark paint. The exotic otherworldly plants are all bioluminescent. And it is gorgeous. The floating rocks, the the, the rookeries, I believe is what they call them, where the banshees live. It's insane to hear the screeching of the banshees in the background even though you can't see them. It is it's so immersive. That is the first time that I truly felt immersed in a land. You know, there's nothing else in the parks granted you can step into Frontierland and feel like you're in the frontier and Adventureland and feel like you're you've stepped into Tortuga, like in Pirates of the Caribbean or something like that, but it was not completely immersive in my opinion and Pandora really did that. And then you get into the queue of Flight of Passage, and that immersion continues. It's an extremely long queue. The majority of it is boring and lacks any sort of interaction. But if you're really doing it for the first time, that 160-minute wait is, first of all, it's all worth it, and it's not super boring because there's so much to see. The first bit of it, you're outside. The second bit of it, you're in a cave, and you kind of see the history of the Na'vi there's cave drawings and stuff like that, and then you enter a third room that's all lit by UV lights, and it all, it's all very bright and cool and lots of colors. And then you enter the institute, and when you're going through the queue, this it's been long enough. It's it's been open long enough now that I can talk about it. <laughs> you go through this lab, and you see all this stuff that's moving around and beeps and boops and like all this science, and you see this tank holding. An avatar. That's in this water. And it's... Floating and twitching. And you're just... You're shook. You're, You're shook by it. Because... It's so realistic. It looks like there is a giant blue body in a test tube. But it's just an animatronic. And that blows my... It blows my mind. And it... It keeps you engaged. And it's definitely... Something that needs to be there. Because... You have to wait so long to get to the ride that you need to feel like it's worth it. And I think the queue really does that. Um, then you get on the ride. And whoa.
1: Well, before you get on the ride, you, you sit through like two different seminars about what yes, you're about to Yes, that is perhaps the
0: only unfortunate thing is that the So you can the pre-shows uh, Yeah, the pre-shows are, are a little long. But they're immersive think- yes. as well, especially the first one where you feel like they're scanning you for all the Pandoran parasites and they need to cleanse you and stuff like that. And you feel the whoosh of the air and stuff like that. It's awesome.
1: I also will say that, like, the not to, like, step on your toes with your with your ride, but I will say that, like, when I think of Disney or Animal Kingdom, like, no one ever thought Pandora or Avatar or anything like that. Like, that's never been no a property that we've had that, no. like... You automatically think of it's not like Marvel or Star Wars or anything like that where like we've adopted it into what we own. So I don't know. Like I don't think of Avatar when I think of Animal Kingdom. However, like I like even though like the pre-show stuff can be like longer and you just want to get on the ride after you've been waiting 160 plus minutes. Like I think it's it's good that they did that because there's probably a good chance that kids that are waiting in that queue to ride the ride or parents that are waiting in that queue have not seen that movie because it's not, it's not inherently Disney. It's not. um, So like they get as much background information as they need to be able to enjoy the ride and understand what's going on. And I
0: think that's, that was a great move by Disney. And I believe James Cameron, who's the director of the movie to have Disney have some sort of ownership of the ride of the, of the Pandora world and the movies themselves because that movie was so important to cinema and to how, what cinema is today and how you view very high-budget CGI films. I mean, the, the things that it did when it came out, I believe, in 2009 is insane. And it's something that really has... You, you, you see the effects of that film on new high-budget films that are highly animated today as well. And you're right. It's not something that you feel like fits into Animal Kingdom, because the other lands of Animal Kingdom are all countries or continents or regions, whatever you want to call it. Um, So it's odd. But when you think about the history of Animal Kingdom, where Pandora was supposed to be, was supposed to be a very... Fantasy like world to begin with. It was supposed to be Beastly Kingdom, which Mm -hmm. never came to be, unfortunately. But that's why there's a dragon on. That's why there's a dragon on the logo. And for who didn't, for the people that didn't know that, there's like an elephant, there's a tiger, and stuff like that that represent the other regions of the park. And then there was a dragon, which seemed a little out of place because it's a mythical creature. But that's because Beastly Kingdom was supposed to be exactly where Pandora is, and Pandora is a mystical, mythical world, so it kind of fits in that sense and the banshees are kind of like dragons.
1: I think they fit. I think I think Pandora fits like even though like the property itself is not as familiar as like Star Wars or Marvel or something like that. I do think that the the main idea behind Pandora fits in very well with Animal Kingdom because the Na'vi like cherish the environment and everything that they yes their whole world that they live in like they are connected to the trees they're connected to flowers the animals everything and like it is so sacred to them and like that is the whole i feel like that is a really big part of of animal kingdom as well it's it's going back going back to
0: going i mean they promote our, conservation yeah and stuff like conservation that, going
1: and... back to your roots like understanding like that like you have to keep taking care of the world if you want to keep living in it. And I think even though the, the Avatar and the Na'vi yeah. aren't, aren't real or anything like that, like I think, it's, I think it ties into the theme of it really well. Which and I'm I think cool.
0: given the fact that the first movie came out so long ago, and it's still going to be a couple of years before we get the second one, having the land there has really kept it relevant. Yes. Because James Cameron thinking that he was going to release one movie every 15 years, <laughs> asinine. No one was going to remember. No one was going to care. I don't particularly care for the original movie. Love the land. Love the ride. And I have to get back to the ride because we've kind of strayed away from Flight of Passage itself. But once you board the ride, you are essentially taken into this room where you board a bike-esque vehicle. And you're strapped in. And then you have these glasses that you put on these lights flash in your face so that you can't see this big screen that goes up. And then the entire ride vehicle that's attached to this platform lifts and pushes out. And then you are similar to Soren kind of levitating, just floating Mm -hmm. in midair. You can look down and you can see the ground quite a bit, quite a ways away because it's all simulating you being on a Banshee. That thing that you have sat on is a Banshee of sorts. All the detail that they put into it is amazing because the screen itself, the technology, a lot lot of the technology behind the ride is very similar to Soren. It's just more up to date. It's still a curved screen so that it can fit more people and the views are the same, more or less. But you don't see that weird distortion when you're not in the center. Mm -hmm. And you get the same smells. The Avatar Flight of Passage smell that everybody likes so much is the same exact smell as the the Polynesian Islands scene in Soren. But one of the things that blew my mind the most, aside from how hyper-realistic that screen looks, is the vehicle itself. The motion. How you, f- how you genuinely feel like you are sitting on a living, breathing creature. Yes,
1: especially, especially breathing. Especially breathing. Yeah.
0: Because you can literally feel what <laughs> where supposedly the animal's lungs would be inhaling and exhaling. On your, you can feel that on your thighs, and that is so cool. <laughs> and the first time I rode it, I kind of freaked out because I was like, what's going on with my body? Why am I like, why am I pulsating? And then I realized <laughs> it was a ride. And that, that that was insane. That was insane. Because I, I left that ride the first time I wrote it I was kind of scared. I wasn't expecting it to to like kind of move out as far as it did. Mm-hmm. The little simulated drops kind of Ooh, kind of made me feel a little funky. Yeah. But then by the end of the ride, I was I was just in awe of what I had just experienced. Mm. But everything about the ride left me speechless. And I was pissed at first that I had to wait so long to ride this freaking ride. (laughs) And now I will gladly wait. Thankfully, I don't have to wait because I'm an expert at finding fast passes at a time when fast passes existed. Or now no one's at the parks. So it's like a 20 minute wait, Mm -hmm. which is essentially nothing for a ride that is worth 150 plus minute waits. Yeah, but yeah, Flight of Passage. Also, the other ride, not not to knock it, um, Navi River Journey. The other ride in, in Pandora is beautiful. It's a beautiful ride. Some of the best animatronics in the park, um,
1: it's stunning, are in
0: there. And perhaps that could be another top five that we do later on. But it is it kind of pales in comparison to Flight of Passage because Flight of Passage is generally a a, a true thrill, where mm. that's a slow, dark ride. But it's it's just. It's immersive, is really what it is. Yeah. But top top notch stuff. <laughs> top notch stuff over in Pandora. Yes.
1: Do you want to talk about your number one, and then we can talk about my number one together? Since we had it.
0: It's okay. No, you go go ahead. Are go you ahead. Sure? You, okay. got it. you got it. I got it.
1: it. Okay. So my number one, going back to Hollywood Studios, um, like I do in real life. I love that park. Um, if we weren't
0: blocked out. Listen,
1: I don't want to talk about it. Um. So, my number one ride, um, is, I feel like, I think, yeah, it's the newest ride that we have at the park, correct? Yes. So, it is, I'm going to try to say it without butchering it, because I can't say it quickly. Mickey's Run, Mickey and Minnie's? I think it's Mickey and Minnie's. Mickey and Minnie's, Minnie's, yes. Already
0: butchered
1: it. Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. Yes, I did it! (laughs) (laughs) Usually, it's Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. Okay. Um, I, if you have not been on that ride yet, because it's still fairly new, um, Oh my, that needs to be like the first thing that you do when you go into the park. Um.
0: Oh, the first thing! I would argue my number one would be the first thing you need to do in that park. But anyways, good continue. Your
1: number—that's a different thing. Continue, 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 continue. Um, so, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway um is in the place where the Great Movie Ride was, and I essentially when so Great Movie Ride closed like right before pretty pretty close to when my cp started and i didn't know that i thought it was still going to be open when i got there so i was heartbroken when it wasn't open anymore and i knew that they were going to be doing something with mickey and minnie i knew it was going to have something to do with the new animated series that they had put on disney channel and i really was not super thrilled um i didn't like that they were taking away the great movie ride um and i i was not a fan of the Mickey and Minnie series. Um, I am now a huge fan because that's all we watched um, last weekend on our anniversary yes. weekend. If you have not watched that show yet, please do it. It's
0: really, it's really Try good. Try to get past the awkward animation because the shows yeah. are just—they're—they're they're, they're so funny. It's Those so little shorts, funny. <laughs> they're all on Disney Plus, all five seasons. Yes, so go binge I it.
1: Love it so much. Um, but it's so you go into you go into um the old Chinese theater. Um, which is still, like, the outside of the ride is still pretty much the same as it was when Great Movie Ride was still there. Um, the handprints are still there, um, which I think is really cool. Um, so getting to find, like, different celebrities while you're waiting for the ride is pretty cool. Um, but then you go into the queue, and the queue is still a really good tribute to the Great Movie Ride. Like, it still has certain nods to, like, the the decorations and the colors, like, still have a really good nod to the great movie ride, which I appreciate because I know a lot of people were definitely up in arms about that ride going away, so I liked that they were able to honor it. But the ride you'll you'll soon find this when we're talking about future things in the podcast. But I am a really big fan of whimsical things in um in the parks and like stuff that like hits the nostalgia. But I'm also a really big fan of attractions taking you into the world that they are that the Imagineers have created for you because I think that's a really big reason why I fell in love with Disney in the first place like um I loved feeling like I was like becoming a part of this world and getting to play pretend and getting to be a character in this story that we're all telling um and Mickey and Minnie's runaway railway i'm gonna have to say it like that or else i'm not gonna say it right <laughs> um railway definitely does that um i'm not gonna spoil any of like the big things for you because it's still a relatively new ride you might not have had the chance to ride it yet um but it definitely takes you into this this world with mickey and minnie in their new um in their new series that you can watch on disney plus um and it's just it's so it's so well done it's so cool um, when they were advertising the ride before, they were saying they were gonna use 4D, like technology that they had never used on any other ride before. So like nobody knew what to expect. Um, but it's it genuinely feels like you are just immersed in in their world, and it it's not even just like that's that's only like the first layer of it. You're going on to so many different places that you that have been like hinted at in the series, um, and just getting to be a part of this whole adventure with mickey and minnie um and daisy and donald and pete and Pluto. like all of these characters you get to see them and i i don't know i just think it's it's so cool like i have i've i'm only written it twice i've only written it twice i did the preview and then another preview mm-hmm. for it um for cast members when the parks reopen um so there's still like a lot that i haven't seen yet i, I have heard that there are more hints to and tributes to The Great Movie Ride once you get into the ride itself. Yes, there's, I, there's at there, least two that I've seen. Yes. Um, it just goes really fast. I haven't been able to see it. But, like, it's so, like, I can't, I don't even know how, like, to describe it, but it just, it feels like you are living in this tune world. And, I don't know, I, I, I love it so much and it's, again, another one of those things where it feels like you are a part of it. Um, And, I know, I'd, like, uh, I can't even... <laughs> so,
0: so, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway was my number three yeah. on my list. For a lot of the same reasons that you stated, I had no attachment to The Great Movie Ride. I could have cared less about that ride leaving. Um, and I know that might m- upset a lot of people, but I didn't care. One, because I believe in the idea of progress, and I believe it's, it's ridiculous to hold on to nostalgia. Those, the, the memory lives on. Move on. Wow. Something bigger and better will happen.
1: Why are you just making direct and something, eye contact with me as you're saying Something that.
0: bigger and better has happened. Mickey's Runaway Railway, it is is an insane attraction. It is, for me, without question, significantly better than The Great Movie Ride will ever be. It's a completely different attraction. But it holds down the show building well. It still kind of fits the theming of everything. And it's just such a good ride and for me a lot of it is the technical side Mm -hmm. i love the attraction for what it is it is using technology that has never been seen before in the disney parks i take that back my number one ride technically did it first because it opened first but oh you're right the technology used is that's like that's
1: like the you're talking about the mechanics of it because it's a track so it's a trackless ride correct
0: which Um, i wasn't gonna say oh i'm sorry just for people who don't know but it's fine um Yes, it is a trackless ride, which means that the way that the cars are moving is through, I can't remember exactly what it is. I think it's giant
1: magnets. I
0: don't think it's necessarily a magnets. I think it's 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 technology beyond my understanding, um, because I am not a engineer. But that means that when you ride it, it's never going to be exactly the same. That doesn't necessarily mean, excuse me. That doesn't necessarily mean that the scenes that you're seeing are different. But the ride experience might... Your car might move to the left a little more one time than the next. There's one specific scene where you're kind of dancing around in the cars. (laughs) You're in this vehicle and the vehicles are dancing along with an animatronic. Which is fantastic. The animatronic is insane. And the projections in this ride are also out of this world. But you could be on the left side. Or you could be on the right side. Or you go behind this thing. And sometimes you can go in front of this thing. And it's 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 crazy because it gives the ride re-rideability, which is something that I really appreciate as someone who gets bored of things easily. I can ride this ride over and over and over and over again, and still enjoy it without getting bored. Mm-hmm. It's not like, and I apologize for some of friends and listeners who love this ride. It's not like riding into Small World, where you just kind of want to gouge your eyes out, <laughs> the entire fifteen minute experience or however long it is. It's way too long. Um, Because things change, and there's not a mind-numbing song throughout the whole thing. Um, But but it's because of that why it it was on my list. Now, for the people who were upset, I kind of laughed internally because everyone was up in arms about the fact that The Great Movie Ride was leaving. Part of it is because Disney truly did not say anything at all about what the ride was going to be. Their marketing behind the ride was so casual and just so low-key. They did not put a lot of emphasis on it because a certain something had opened a few months prior, which kind of took all of their attention because that was going to be their big, big thing Mm -hmm. that was happening. Um, So Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway kind of flew under the radar until it opened. And then everybody realized how amazing... Of a ride it truly is. And it is one of the reasons why now I enjoy going back. Along with Toy Story Land and Star Wars Land. That we'll talk about it later. Um, <laughs> it is part of the reason why I now genuinely enjoy Hollywood Studios. But for all of the great movie fan fanatics who just can't let go of the past. That ride has so many nods mm-hmm. to, the, uh, to the old attraction. There is in one of the rooms... There's a poster on the Y that says, I think, the Great Moving Ride. And it's, it's supposed to be like something that, different. Yeah. Um, but it's a nod. There's a nod here. There's a nod there. The entire queue itself is still the Chinese theater.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's fantastic. It's, 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 they incorporated what the road ride, the show building itself is very well into the ride. And they kind of still kept the essence of the Great Movie Ride within the new attraction. And I think it kind of quieted a lot of cynics after the ride opened um and it's one of the reasons why 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 it found its way on my list i i like new i like advanced i like i like next level stuff and this absolutely was the next level for me um that takes us down to my number one (laughs) and boy is it a doozy we're gonna stay I'll in Hollywood started. Studios. I they could be. And we're going to go to a f- galaxy far, far away. Hmm. And we're going to travel back in time, apparently, because it was also long ago. And we're going to go to Batu, <laughs> And we're going to land in Star Wars. We're
1: going to land in Star Wars? We're going to land in Star Wars. We're not
0: landing in Batu. We're landing in Star Wars. We're going to land in the Wars. S in Star Wars. We're That's where Batu is, actually. Wow. Um, If you didn't know that. Thank fun you. Show me a map later. Wow. I will. Wow.
1: Incredible.
0: We're going to go ride Rise of the Resistance. <laughs> Ah, uh, <laughs> I have not, I'm not the type of person that is ever truly speechless about something, yeah. and especially with a ride, and it's happened twice. It happened the first time I ever rode Flight of Passage, and it has happened with the one and only time that I've ridden Rise of the Resistance. I was thankful enough to be able to ride it as a preview recently, and it was everything I wanted it to be and more. As a soft, hardcore Star Wars fan.
1: A soft? Why would you, why would you Listen, say? when you
0: compare me to, to someone who's genuinely a hardcore Star Wars fan, you would not call me a, a hardcore Star okay, Wars yeah, fan, sure. but I would say I'm significantly more of a fan than you are. Yes. Even though you are a fan of the Star yes. Wars series. Hence the soft, hardcore. Soft, hardcore, hardcore. Um, cool. I was in awe of everything that I experienced, and not to sound like a broken record, but the queue again i need to be engaged i need to be entertained the entire time and that ride part of the ride part of the experience <laughs> is quite literally the queue not to say much about it and it kind of sucks to try to explain why i love this ride so much yeah. without talking about it but it is so new it is so incredibly hard to get a, a boarding pass to ride this ride
1: which is not how we wrote it
0: It's not how we wrote it, thankfully, but again, it was a preview of sorts. Um, But the typical guest has to get up very early, Mm -hmm. enter the park, and then hopefully try to get a boarding pass
1: to get to that route. Yeah, use the My Disney Experience app.
0: And it is difficult to do. It was especially difficult prior to the pandemic and the lower crowds because there was such a high influx of people. To Hollywood Studios, which is a reason why cast members have continuously been, unfortunately, blocked out of the park. Because there's too much demand for Hollywood Studios just because of Batuu, just because of Rise of the Resistance. Throw in, you know, a little smuggler's run and you've got the perfect mixture of just crowd density. (laughs) And and then, you know, some people just unfortunately have to be left out. But the queue itself is part of the ride like you begin your experience with the first order you begin your experience with bb8 <laughs> with ray and all of the characters oh in the queue and you alluded to it earlier mm-hmm. but it is probably the ride where cast members are so in their role when you're talking to all the first order oh. Uh, lieutenants or whatever they are. They were... S- they, are, they are menacing. <laughs> they are scary. They are scary. And they play the part well. And it is... It's impressive because it, it it leads you into a deeper level of immersion. Yeah. Which really makes you feel like you're there. And they left... They, they spared no expense on mm-hmm. this ride. I believe it is the most expensive ride in history of, of, of the Walt Disney World Parks. And it is well worth the weight that you have to put into it. It is... Well worth having to wake up at five in the morning, getting in your car, and waiting for Hollywood Studios to open so that you can be one of the first people there to get a boarding pass. Because you will never experience a ride like this again. Now, it is also a trackless ride, like Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, Runaway Railway. Wow, you've made See, me mess it it's up hard. now. I haven't messed it up before. Um, and there's another ride that will eventually open, and Walt Disney World that is also trackless. So it's something that is going to become more popular because of how customizable it is. Mm-hmm. And this ride, because the experience itself is so long, so much re re mm-hmm. I mean, there, I'm sure there's plenty of details that I missed. Unlike Mickey's Runaway Railway, there are other elements of this ride that you do not expect to be on this ride. No. There are
1: oh, it's so cool.
0: dropping elements. There are speed elements. There is so much that they incorporate that it is i would not call mickey and Minnie's a thrill ride it's definitely fun yeah rise Mm -hmm. is a thrill ride through and through and i mean we could go on and on i could personally go on and on about batu in general and the transition from hollywood studios into batu at least from one of the entrances Mm -hmm. is so seamless and it You, I like, I, it literally leaves me speechless just trying to talk about it because it is so impressive and there are parts of the queue that unfortunately are outside. It's hot, but they've added fans. They learned their lesson. There is shade. It's very, it's very wooded area. It's, it's, it's great. It's, it's really great. And the ride itself, I want to say so much about it, but even though it has not been open for, well, it'll, it'll be a year in December and we're in August. So for quite a while, I'm still sure there's a lot of people out there who have not written the ride. So out of respect for them, mm-hmm. I will not say more about yeah. it. But know that that ride, I don't know of anything, except maybe the Star Wars Hotel when it opens the resort, Ooh. that can beat that experience yeah. that I had in that ride. I, I mean, I wish there would have been a camera recording me the entire time because there, there was. I put it on my Instagram <laughs> and started me just like just being in complete cheer. Awe of everything that was happening the entire time but i was just waiting in the queue my- i feel like
1: it was almost like in certain parts it was more entertaining to watch you than to-
0: <laughs> yes yeah i I, w- I would agree and and that's just kind of like that that's that that just goes to show my love for star wars so i'm sure someone i mean i believe we have a a common friend or mm. colleague who colleague. this individual did not really care for star wars but they loved the ride after they rode it. We'll talk about it later. Okay. Um, <laughs>
1: but that.
0: <laughs> but that's that's I mean that's how impressive the ride well, is. No, Even that's... if you don't really feel invested in the characters or the Star Wars universe, you appreciate the ride for what it is.
1: No, yeah, I I mean I feel that way about about rides and just about Galaxy's Edge in general. Yes. I I am a Star Wars fan. Like I definitely like. I feel like I know a good bit about the story and the movies and everything like that like i've i've seen all of them um and i feel like i know i know a good portion of it but i'm i'm not anywhere i wouldn't say that i am a big fan of it or anything just because i don't i don't know that much about it like it's not it was never really a part of like my childhood as yeah. i feel like it was for everybody else um i was more on like the harry potter side but like when galaxy's edge opened like i knew next to nothing about star wars and like went in there and was just like in awe of everything like that made me want to be a bigger star wars fan and then when we were waiting for to ride rise um we didn't do the um the boarding group or the virtual queue like what you normally do with the ride because it was a preview and um i don't know if they were like anticipating them to be letting us ride the ride for the hollywood studios preview when we went as cast members when the um when the parks open back up not really sure but we did have to wait like Two, two and a half hours in a line, predominantly outside, until we actually got inside to the actual queue um, to ride the ride. And I remember it was a hot day because it's Florida. It rained because it's Florida. When we were outside and not covered by anything. Um, And I remember, um, like, totally being okay with riding the ride because I knew you had really wanted to ride it for, for forever. But I remember standing there being frustrated and just being like, this ride had better be the coolest thing ever. Because I do not want to have waited two and a half hours for it to not be good and it did like it didn't disappoint at all. It was it was absolutely incredible. And like I don't even know I'm not even as passionate about Star Wars as you are or our good friend Hunter, who you will hear his voice later in a future podcast. Mm-hmm. Like, it was it was absolutely insane. Like you can appreciate it even if you have not seen if you've just heard Star Wars mentioned in conversation before. Like it is incredible. Which is
0: which speaks to you know what the ride is, and how and how good of a ride it is. Now, if you are planning a vacation to Disney World soon, I will give you a fair warning that the ride malfunctions a lot. Yes. It is so high tech, it is so intricate that a lot of things can have and will go wrong.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, the ride was recently just shut down for a couple of days because of storms in the area. Uh, something may have blown. There is a lot of high-tech animatronics. It's extremely impressive, extremely intricate. So things can go wrong. And I kind of feel like that's kind of part of the rewritability. There might be things that you miss the mm-hmm. first time just because they weren't working. Yeah. So write it again. Mm-hmm. But don't put all your eggs into the rise basket because there is a potential that you may not be able to write it one because of how big, how hard it is to I, d- I keep doing this one and two thing a lot. <laughs> I need to like find other ways to talk about lists, Goodness. but it's hard to get a, a boarding pass and you never know what can go wrong. Mm. A ride of that high caliber you know could falter at any point in time. So just just be a little patient with it. Just mm. be a little patient with it. Okay. Now Wait, wait, this podcast has run quite long, so let's go through our, our, our honorable, honorable mentions. mentions real quick.
1: Are we going to explain why they're honorable mentions, or just...
0: You, can just... you can just give a little bit of an explanation. A little bit of that. A too-long-didn't-read, if you will.
1: Okay, so my honorable mentions, um, they're all in MK, um, so I don't show favoritism or anything like that. <laughs> um, So, my honorable mentions, one of them is uh, Mickey's PhilharMagic, um. It's definitely an outdated ride. They definitely need to update it a little bit um, because it's it's been around for a while and hasn't seen an upgrade at all. Um, But it's one of those, like, 4D movie theaters. If you haven't seen it, you really need to. It's definitely a good ride to go to when you're, like, in the middle of your Magic Kingdom day and you need to sit down in some air conditioning. Um, But... I love it. That's usually how my family and I would actually start our day. We would like usually hit Philhar as one of our first mm-hmm. things, and it's just it's so cute. You get to watch Donald with steel Mickey Sorcerer hat and go through all of this. It's fun. fun. Thing. It's fun. It's so cute. Um, my other one is Peter Pan's Flight. Um, I, I know that this ride has a really long wait, like all the time, and part of me does not understand why it is always it's because of the
0: queue. I have to go back to that thing. it's an interactive queue. It has, it to has intera- been. Uh, Re, uh, redone recently yes. to be more interactive, and it, the queue itself is amazing. The, the ride queue sucks. It,
1: okay, that's not just gonna say
0: that.
1: Okay, the interactive queue is amazing. You get to go through the Darling's Nursery, and it definitely brings the story more to life than it did before. Um, I will say that I would love for them to give the ride itself on the inside a little bit of an update, similar to Frozen or similar to what they've done to Peter Pan's Flight in Disneyland, where the animatronics just look a little cleaner, a little better. Um, but I still like it just because I love Peter Pan and I love getting to watch the London scene when you're going over it and see a little car is going by. Um, so again, nostalgia, apparently Andreas is allergic to it or something.
0: <laughs> I'm just, I'm just okay with things living in my memory, man. I right, look, man, Disney himself was I a understand. man of progress.
1: And that is my other honorable mention actually carousel of progress um i love it again another good air conditioning ride where you can sit down um and take a break in the middle of your day or a nap or i've definitely taken a nap in that ride before um best nap of my life but i also just like it because i i love that that's that's one of the rides that like walt worked on so hard like that he personally took to the world's fair took to the part like i i love that that is something that like he had a hand in and like you he was so passionate about it and i love I love getting to getting to see that and getting to see like how it has grown over the years. Um so I think that's cool. And it there's a, a, a thing connected back to Haunted Mansion with that too, but I'll let you talk about your honorable mentions. <laughs> uh
0: like you, most of mine are also are little are also in M K. Yeah,
1: words are hard, aren't
0: they? Um I already spoke about Toy Story Mania, so I'm not gonna speak about that one again. But my other ones are Space Mountain. Mm-hmm. Love that ride. That is a ride that I did not do until maybe in May or June of last year. Really? Because the fact that it's a roller coaster, the fact that it's fast, and I'm doing air quotes for the people who can't <laughs> see this audio recording. Um, it's not actually that fast. It's just it's the it's the pitch you blackness chill, that makes yeah. you feel like it's fast. Um, all of those elements, terrified me. The fact that I was already not comfortable with coasters, add that on to it, it was a perfect recipe for me not doing it. And then, I ended up getting the courage to do so, and now I love it. There's still one part of that ride that makes my heart like jump out of my chest every time, because <laughs> I feel like we're going to go flying off the tracks because it is a mechanical track, it's old. I believe space is an opening day attraction at Magic Kingdom. Correct me if I'm wrong. But, I love it. I wish I would have been able to see the original iteration of the queue and stuff, because from my understanding, the exit of the ride was like a moving conveyor belt, yes. and you go through all these scenes. It's kind of like mm-hmm. it's. I mean, the scenes are still there. The scenes are still there,
1: but the moving conveyor belt is gone because they.
0: It's not an opening the attraction. So I lied.
1: You were wrong about something. Uh, listen. Um. Yes. When they so. When they did, like, the recent remodel of the the Magic Kingdom train, um, the tracks, yeah. Am I thinking? I think they had to, they put the tracks somewhere else, and so that affected the moving conveyor belt. I think, I'm pretty sure. I remember that exit being under construction pretty close to when my CP started, and you got got let out at a weird backstage area. Interesting. And then, um So I think it had something to do with the tracks, and now the moving conveyor belt's gone, and a lot of people are really upset about it. Yeah.
0: Well, but, and that's one of the reasons why it's, it's, it's iconic to MK and it is just a great ride. It's, it's really fun.
1: It's uh, yeah.
0: There are holiday overlays I to it. I love the holiday the, overlay. Like the, the villainous music or the scary music or the holiday music and it's all pitch black when the, the ride is dark. It's not pitch black. No. Unless it's Halloween oh. or a villain's uh, night. It's so and cool. And though, and when it's pitch black, it is infinitely more fun. So I really appreciate that. I love that it's a ride that has that has those overlays because it gives it rewritability of sorts. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and then there's the Christmas overlay where they have, correct, the flashing, and they have like, flashing lights and, and lights you can and see more. Music. You can not
0: see more, which I don't like. That kind of yes. stresses me out. All the, the scaffolding yeah. and stuff which like that. Which
1: type of person are you? Are you a pitch black Space Mountain person or a strobe light? Right.
0: <laughs> um, so to move on a little bit faster. Also on my list is seven doors mine train which is part of the new fantasy land expansion great ride so much fun i love that you can sway in the mine carts like a real mine cart would again an interactive queue this one's more oriented for the kiddos but it's great i mean the water features the gemstones the there's a little secret for those who may not know you know when you're finally inside the the inside queue, mm-hmm. and you're going past the barrels that are uh, full yeah, of about- gems, each barrel, when you spin it, will show one of the doors. If all of the barrels are spinning at the same time, uh, you know, the projections are on the ceiling, so it's it's a barrel, and the gems are on top, uh-huh. there's a little light inside that projects a dwarf. If all of the barrels are spinning at the same exact time, the center, which is a bigger barrel or something like that, will light up and project a snow white <gasps> that dances around I didn't know but you that. don't it, it's hard to do because unless you have a massive party that like goes all the way around this interactive we section five more people. or if you don't <laughs> you know if you don't communicate with other people's in the line you, it will never happen all of them have to spin at the same time to get that to happen and i think that's so cool i love that again one of those things that like why did the Imagineers put that in there? <laughs> Who eventually figured this out? It's fantastic. I love that. It is part of the experience. And then you get on the ride, and it's so much fun. The soundtrack is great. The animatronics are great. There's an allusion to an old Snow White ride at the end of it and stuff like that. And it's just... It's, it's a hoot of a time. It's, it's lesser thrills, per se, on the level of, of roller coasterness, But it's definitely something that I'm willing to ride. Not that that tests much. Um, but yeah. And my last honorable mention is going to be Buzz Lightyear's Space mm. Ranger Spin. Love that ride. It is a classic, just little shooter, earned points kind of ride. But I love everything about Buzz. You were um, listening
1: to the voice of a galactic hero, and I'm not I am talking about me.
0: Yes. I get galactic hero pretty much every single time I ride the ride. I definitely did cheat to figure out how to get the high point valued targets. Um, I'm not going to give any insider secrets about that, but it's, it's a great time for me because I love, I love the competitive nature. I love having, I love interacting with the ride. I I love feeling like I can do something, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's fun for me. It's a game. I enjoy games and it's, it's great. I love the theming around buzz and stuff like that. And, and I love getting the little stickers at the end. If you (laughs) didn't know, if you do end up getting a galactic hero, which is nine hundred ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine you take a picture of your score and then you go once you exit and through the photo pass area. And gift shop. In the gift shop. You can talk to one of the cast members there, show them that you got Galactic Hero, and they'll give you a commemorative sticker for it. Which I thought is kinda cool. There's definitely one on my laptop. And every single time I ride that ride and I don't get Galactic Hero, I feel like a failure. So there's what happened that. last time. But listen. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it because now I have to go back and redeem myself. You're right. So I think that is going to be it for mm-hmm. today's podcast. We have run a lot longer than I thought we would, but I hope <laughs> you guys enjoyed. Um,
1: Please let us know what your favorite Disney attraction is. Yes,
0: absolutely. Come talk to us. Um, I want to give a couple of closing notes.
1: Oh, we have closing notes.
0: I yeah. Well, you know, I mean, no, no, I don't, I don't, I don't discuss any of this with you. I just kind of do it wow um this episode is going to come out soon and by soon i mean tomorrow and that has no relative time (laughs) for you the audience because you don't know what tomorrow is but
1: (laughs) do any of us really there
0: when this comes out it's going to be pretty darn close to the first episode to our pilot i think from here on out given the um hosting site that we use and you know us being up and coming and not having the funds to be able to do this perhaps more often or the time necessarily. I believe we're going to shoot to have this podcast episodes come out Hmm. bi-weekly. If we find out that we can do it more often, if we can do it weekly, great, but let's shoot for every two weeks from now on until we, you know, get our footing and stuff like that. Um, So don't expect the podcast every week, unless we give you a pleasant surprise about that. Also, If you guys follow our Instagram page, Mm. in the next few days, there's going to be a poll. Uh, Make sure you guys are following us, obviously, at just.another.podcast. We're going to have a poll to see if we should potentially rename the podcast. And the reason that we are considering this is because we thought we were being cute and original, which we are. The logo is Just Another Podcast with the word cast in the Disney font. Which I thought was quite cute considering we are Disney cast members. But unfortunately I can't include the Disney font onto Spotify or iHeartRadio or iTunes. It just says Just Another Podcast. And there are quite a few (laughs) other podcasts named Just Another Podcast. Yes. So we're going to leave it up to you guys, the audience. And we're going to talk about a few options. I'm not going to talk about it right now, actually. We're just going to leave it up to the poll. But if you guys go follow us on our Instagram page, just.another.podcast.
1: Just.another.podcast. Correct. That's what I said. Sure.
0: Okay. Just.another.podcast. Yes. That's exactly what I said. (laughs) You'll see the poll. You guys let us know which of the three options is the best. And we'll kind of roll with it. Just not for season one. No. And then we're going to hold it down. We're going to have some people maybe... Throw in some designs if they'd like to, to see what it could look like. And we will incorporate it into season two if we are so, you know, lucky enough to get to a season two. But that is pretty much it. Oh, also, from one hustler to another, that sounded weird. But support, supporting people's hustles. Joe Anderson, our lovely roommate, (laughs) is a fantastic gamer and streamer. If, you know, just to pat ourselves on the back because of all the great feedback we got from the first episode, (laughs) apparently we're pretty good at this and we kind of sound fun. Joe (laughs) would be the streaming equivalent of us, if not better. That man, I watch him every single time he streams and it's not just because I'm supporting him. He is genuinely fun to watch. Mm -hmm. He is genuinely a great gamer. He is currently playing Fall Guys, which is a fantastic game. It's so much fun. Please go follow him on Twitter, on Instagram, go watch him stream on Twitch, follow and subscribe. It's, uh, Jander is his name spelled out j 4 D R. I I think his Twitter is J4NDRYT. Um, but definitely go follow him and subscribe to him on Twitch where he streams. I promise you it's It'll be worth your time. It'll be worth your while because he is engaging and I want to see him grow mm-hmm. just as much as we grow.
1: Yes. We are definitely going, planning on inviting Joe um, onto the podcast in a future episode. Yes. So it's best that you get acquainted with him now because you're going to be hearing his lovely voice very soon.
0: Correct. And probably frequently, uh, probably, probably frequently. So, you know, since he's not here right now, unfortunately to, to plug himself into this, I'm going to do that plug for him. So shout out to you, Joe. We love you. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything else? I don't think so. All right. Well, I think we are good. Thank you guys for listening. We love you all. And we will see you in the next episode. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.